Welcome to the Bridge Church Podcast. Our purpose statement at Bridge Church is to reach people where they are and help them grow. We hope today's message inspires you towards growth, and we pray it's life-changing, and we hope to see you soon. Well, today we have a a special moment, and it's really a special moment that we kind of created because... This is no secret, but our anniversary is actually Easter, praise God. But ain't nobody coming to church on Easter during a pandemic. So we decided just to move our anniversary, because we can. And, um, and, you know, having an anniversary on the same day as Easter is kind of like having a birthday on the same day as Christmas. It's like there's only really one person we're really focusing on. So, So we decided to move it. But we wanted to name this anniversary Chapter 7. And from this point on, we've decided that we don't want to just move beyond our anniversary. Not necessarily just to celebrate a leader, but more so to celebrate what God has been doing. The Bible says in Hebrews 12 and 2, and it says it in the New King James Version, but I love the way it writes it. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith the author and the finisher, the story writer, the one that's got all types of moments, plot twists, heroes, extras, leads. In the story that God is writing, God has put this together that we would start a church in downtown Brooklyn. And one of the things that has become very clear to me is that when you think of the name of a church, and then when you come up here and you raise the money, and I remember every first person story. I don't don't know as many people's stories now, but those first 40 and 80 people, I knew the exact day they came. I knew their exact situation. There's a presumption because you're kind of playing a lead role that God really needs you in the story. And so one of the things that the Lord does as the author is he makes you realize that he's the hero, that he's the leader, and sometimes you don't have talking parts. You know, they call those extras. They're just there holding a cup of coffee, watching the real leader do the work. Many people ask, why do we have a four o'clock church service? That's a great question, praise God. It is not by choice. We have been graciously allowed to use this space by Park Slope Christian Tabernacle. But this was not based upon something that I strategically wanted to do. When we first moved here, I didn't know anyone. And by God's grace, Through our network, we were able to stay on 21st and 5th, a spot called the David Dean Missionary House. Praise God. And so I lived there for 90 days. And basically, I had 90 days to raise money, find an apartment, and somehow start a church, or at least the semblance of something. 
And so while I was putting all that together, I can remember going through my iPhone and writing down all the names of my contacts that I thought might respond to me financially. As I did that, I would walk up and down Fifth Ave, praying. The Barclay Center was just opening up. So I'd walk around the Barclay Center, and I would just pray. And then one day, I went into a coffee shop, and I called up my friend, and his name is Wade. And I said, Wade, bro, I don't know anybody in New York City. I'm not even saying Brooklyn, like New York City in general. I, only, I have a cousin here, but I don't know anybody else. You live in New Jersey. Do you know anyone in New York City that I can get connected to because I know no one. He says, man, I know a guy. And if you meet this guy, he will connect you to everyone. I said, he can't be talking about Jesus. So, okay, who? <coughs> I said, so this person, he said, man, he's a networker, connector. Awesome. I said, where is he in New York City? He says, man, I forgot. I said, okay, no problem, no problem. I said, well, I said, what's his name? He says, his name is Danny. I said, praise God. I said, what's his last name? He said, I forgot. <laughs> this is a true story. I said, well, give me his contact information. What do you think he said? <laughs> I lost it. I said, so I think what you're telling me is there is a Danny somewhere in New York City and if I find him, he will really help me. He said, yup. <laughs> I hung up the phone, wondering if I could find the Danny. And the truth be told is that in that moment, I got so deeply discouraged. And I could just feel the weight of trying to raise money. And I felt the weight of trying to start a church from scratch. So I walked outside of that coffee shop and I looked across the street and there was a church and it had kind of a nice facade. And it was a Wednesday night and the light was on and they were having Bible study. And on the facade, it said, Park Slope Christian Tabernacle. And I said, huh, that's nice looking and so like, like us all, I went back into the coffee shop. I went on Google, and I Googled Park Slope Christian Tabernacle. I went to the About page, like we all do. And it looked, and the lead pastor was at the time a guy named Luis Alvarez. And the youth pastor was a man named Danny Sanabria. And I said, there is no way that this is the Danny. So I, I got up and I walk over to the building and I open up the door and immediately this woman meets me. She says, hey, how are you? Well, thank you. You coming out to Bible study? I was like, I can. I'm, I'm, I'm totally open to it because I don't know anybody. And then she says, uh, I said to her, um, do you know a guy named Wade? She was like, Wade. I was like, well, he goes by DJ Wade-O. She was like, oh, I know Wade. We love Wade. I was like, okay, 
I, I'm thinking that this might be the Dan Danny Sanabria he's pointing me to. She was like, oh yeah, Danny and Wade are cool. I was like, oh, that's so awesome. I would love to meet him. How do I find Danny Sanabria? She was like, well, I'm Lily Sanabria. That's my brother. And then this is Jonathan Sanabria. This is his brother. And she was just started going on and all these like mini Sanabrias just came up to me. <laughs> And they were all like, we all, we just, you're trying to start a church. Would you like to use this building? I was like, yes. And they were like hugging me. I was like, oh, God. And so from there, true story. So the first year, they let me do Bible study for free. And we were just in here. And the wild part was there was somebody else doing the Bible study here and they used to charge them and one night they were like where do you put the check i was like we uh i don't even know where the check goes it's just uh it's jesus paid it all i don't know i don't know i couldn't have done it without the grace of god but that wasn't me that wasn't strategy that was sovereignty i just walked into a scene that god had already set up that the author had already written. And I just walked up. How could I have planned? The, the coffee shop now is called Clever Blend, but before it was Gorilla Coffee. How could I have planned that? I was just looking for a place to try to raise support. But I don't believe that any of that was a coincidence. So that's why we do service at 4 o'clock. And I never thought we would grow. Not at 4 because who says you want to do a church at four? I was like, no, we, we got to try to do something in the morning. But little did I know that it wasn't about the time of the church. It was about the Spirit of God drawing people to himself. That there is no time that God needs. In fact, there's no leader that God needs. It is being open to the move of the Spirit. Tonight, I want us to look quickly at the book of Acts. In there, these are some of Jesus' last words. And what you have to understand is that the disciples have been seeing Jesus operate for three years. They've been seeing miracles. They've heard preaching of the kingdom. They've seen so much life change happen. And in that time, they could not believe their Savior would die on a cross. But yet he resurrects. And for 40 days, they would be with Jesus. And so now it's seemingly the time is coming and they're wondering, what's his next move? You did all the miracles. You preached all those sermons. You resurrected. What's your next move? And so in Acts 1 and 6, it says, so when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And what they were rightly asking, based upon prophecies from the Psalms, from Ezekiel, from Hosea, from Jeremiah, they understood that being that the people of God had been taken away by Nebuchadnezzar, they wanted to be able to recapture Jerusalem. And they wanted to be able to have what they call a theocracy, a God-ruled government. And so they were looking at Old Testament promises, and they wanted to see the kingdom established now. 
They presume that's your next move. But what he says to them in Acts 1 and 7, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. He says, that's that's a move, but that's not my move right now. He says, that's not for you to know. And then he says in Acts 1 and 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses. What's what's your next move? He says, no, 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 no. My next move is through you. You. I will be using you. And greater works you will do. For three years, you walked with me and you watched me, but now you, through the power of the Holy Spirit, you will be divinely enabled to do works you could not imagine. You will receive power. You will have the Holy Spirit. You will be my witnesses. My next move is through you. As God's Spirit would have it, we would see people in this church who came outside of any kind of church background, came with all types of issues they had come through, and you began to see them serving, loving God, transforming, giving. I remember Brett, Brett coming in and just working on the sound. And then all of a sudden, they start meeting with him. I see Brett get baptized. And then I see Brett leading a growth group. I remember Mindy Abruzzi. Well, now Mindy Dietz, praise God. I remember Mindy Dietz coming in. I first met her at a church that I was preaching at. And she was just riding her bike, checking out the building. And all of a sudden, we find her coming to church consistently, getting baptized, finding her boo, praise the Lord. Them both getting ba- them both coming into the church and then eventually getting married. And now she's leading our media team. I could go on and on about Joy Williams. That is the one-man hospitality team you see back there. Who is the air traffic controller. And he has been so gracious to us to let us into his life. He came in with so many challenges that he was facing and working through. And then to see him come and get into our worship atmosphere and then kind of create a worship atmosphere because of his love and desire for God. And then just to serve and to give. Time would fail me to go on and on about all the stories that are in this room. I have truly seen the spirit of the living God fall fresh on people. What Jesus was saying was the kingdom would not be established physically, but the kingdom would be advanced spiritually. Kingdom advancement 
would mean divine enablement, the Spirit of God coming upon people and transforming them to do things they would never do and say things they would never say, but because the Spirit of God was pushing them and prodding them and pulling them and they were walking with the Spirit, God was making them effective in ministry. But the second thing was divine movement, that it was Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, that you saw location, 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 that there was a social location that the Spirit of God was pushing them to. The advancement of this spiritual kingdom would come by men and women wanting to tell the story of Jesus to one community and never getting satisfied with that one community. It was not only divine enablement, but it had to be divine movement to the ends of the earth. What that tells us as a community is that we can never get satisfied with creating a crowd in a room it is the temptation of church planting to presume that success means getting a lot of people in a room versus getting as many people as you can in the throne room. Life change is what it's about. One location to another to another. It is through our 4 p.m. church that we have been able to reach so many people who have been de-churched. I can't tell you how many people have told me that they were going to a church and then they stopped going to church and then they went to college and they, they, they found out that sin was great but had regret on the back end of it. And now they want to come and they want, don't want to feel judged. And so many people in that situation, so many people that had never been in church and then they started coming to our church. We reached so many millennials. We reached so many singles. My mom, when she comes to our church, my dad, when they come to our church, they always kid me. Let's go over to his youth group. <laughs> I thought at some point there'd be some more gray hair walking through the doors. But I began to see that this was the anointing that God wanted for our church. That we were just going to have a church that actually, as Mark talked about, that went against the trends, where so many churches are saying, how do we reach millennials? I'm like, how do you reach older people? Praise God. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm going to retirement homes like, y'all got a church y'all want to come to? <laughs> come to mine at 4 o'clock. Get sleep in. So we were trying to find a way. And so then we got this idea that we would Remember, we were thinking about what the Spirit of God was doing. He was thinking about new locations, new ways to reach people. And so we began to think about moving to Crown Heights. And then we started thinking about moving to Flatbush. And this was all in our minds of how can we be this community church? And God just kept shifting the strategy because one of the things that I'm amazed by in that Acts passage, it says, you will be my witnesses. And then he starts talking about where you'll do it. But he doesn't talk about how you'll do it. He doesn't say it'll be through preaching, it'll be through singing, it'll be through community outreach. He just says it's about the spirit moving. So we didn't want to be too caught up in the plan, but we wanted to be caught up in the spirit's move. We tried everything to think of, okay, we're here, but what are other ways to reach people? We thought about merging with the church, Flatbush Dutch Reformed Church. We thought about moving into a church, Hanson Seventh-day Adventist Church. 
We thought about moving to a different church, City View Baptist Church. We thought about schools, PS38, Public School 261, LIU Brooklyn, Community Roots Charter School, Erasmus High School, Brooklyn Music School, Brooklyn Academy of Music, PS 282. These are all places we sat down with, had conversations with, had coffee with, felt like, ooh, God's doing it, and he was not doing that. <laughs> we thought about hotels, some hotel called the Even Hotel, praise God. Holiday Inn, Hilton, Brooklyn, Sheraton, Hotel Indigo, Aloft Hotel, Hotel Motel, Holiday Inn. Listen. Theaters. We thought about theaters. We tried Regal Theater. We went to Regal Theater. I met with a guy uh, in Florida. He's over, he oversees all the church involvement in Regal Theaters, and he was my friend. And he says, would you like to uh, have a Regal Theater to worship out of in Brooklyn? I said, absolutely. He said yes. Then the local person there, I met with them, and then they said yes. And then we got ready to have like our church in there, and the regional director said no. And I, so I emailed him, and he just didn't respond. <laughs> we tried co-working spaces, and we tried Milk River. The, it was a club, and there's a church in there going there now, but we were, this is back when they were still like, <laughs> and we were just like, we could do this in LA. We thought of everything. <laughs> Electro-positive co-working space. Y'all remember that? We were really thinking about that. It doesn't stop there. Then there were just rando spots, Fulton Mall, a supermarket, Gap's Warehouse, Gold Apartment Building, Albee Square Mall, Classen Warehouse, Roulette. We were, going, we were thinking about Roulette Theater, Dr. J's Department Store. <laughs> I just want you to know, we were serious. Then we put we put $15,000 down on a building. And I was certain we had it. Made a video. Got in front of everybody. And I just knew. I was like, that's $15,000. What could go wrong? Well, the Snyder Avenue building would not work out. When we, and I just sensed, I just sensed this was God. And it, I'm not saying it wasn't God. It just wasn't ours. Because one thing I knew, if it was ours, and God wanted it for us, then nothing could stop us. Then recently, we had a spot, 1419 Dorchester Road. They offered it for $3.4 Through our network, our network out of nowhere decided they really wanted to get behind this. So they came up there here, met with the owners. The owner, it, it, it was a church that became a Jewish synagogue. And so the owners said, you know, it's 3.4. They offered them 3.7. 3.7. So I just knew. I just knew this is our space. We are going to have another space. And they said no to 3.7 million. And from my understanding, they ended up accepting an offer for 3.2. Then the pandemic happened. And we literally 
had this big call that we felt like God was sending us out, forcing us out. We wanted a second campus. And we were like, Ekbalo, God's forcing us out. And God was like, bye-bye. And then we never came back for a year and a half. And I was like, that's not what I meant, Jesus. And we, I preached to a camera for a year and a half. But it was always about kingdom advancement. It was not just about a new location. It was about kingdom advancement. We wanted to reach new families at a new time. We had seen God move here at four. We just wondered, man, what would it look like to do something different? One day, when I was in football practice when I was younger, I remember my coach, I'll never forget, he drew up a play and I, I remember saying, how many yards do you think it will go for? He says, I don't know. He says, but every play is meant to be a touchdown. And it blew my mind. He was like, yeah, we don't, we don't draw it up so that it would only get three yards. Every play is intended to be a touchdown. And then when he said that, it helped me realize the average play is about three yards. That means that if you see a team moving down the field, you are seeing them successfully move through failure. They'll go three yards, four yards, and then come back together. Three yards, four yards, then come back together. And what I realized was all those, there's over 40 locations we looked at, prayed for, and it felt defeating that we weren't seeing anything happen. But I look back now and I know that the whole time we were making progress because it wasn't just about getting a building. It was about growing and changing. One of the biggest things that God needs to do with you right now is see, can he say no to your deepest desire? He will not compete with your deepest desire. He is a jealous God. I'm 45 years old this month, and I church planted at 36, and there were all these success factors in me of wanting this kind of like, man, what would it be like if we had this building? And I believe God drained so much human ambition out of me and replaced it with godly ambition. I wanted to see a building. He emptied the building. I cannot say that I'm a humble person, but what I can say is I was able to hold my deepest desire loosely for the sake of God. Well, one day while I was, um, I, was, I, was, I, was uh, I was getting some clothes. Y'all like my suit? Praise God. I was, literally, I was literally getting a suit and I was walking back and um, Next to my apartment is a jazz club that opened up. It's called The Atlantic. And it's really nice, and it's got this, like, amazing sound system, and it's kind of cool. And so I was peeking in there, and the owner looked at me one day, and I looked at him, and he was like, it's looking good in there, huh? I was like, yes, yeah, it's looking great. And he was like, well, you want to come in? I was like, absolutely. <laughs> so I walk in, and... Um, 
And literally, no, I'd already emailed them to see, you know, could I use their space? And so I'm sitting there talking to him, and he shows me their sound system. He says, this is state-of-the-art sound system. This is an amazing sound system. We're going to be one of the best sound. We're going to have some of the best sounds in the Northeast. I mean, this is going to be amazing. He's like, you want to hear some music? I was like, absolutely. He was like, what do you want to hear? I was like, Prince? And he prays some Prince. And so we're just listening to Purple Rain, and it's just amazing, you know, and we're just, li- and he's just blasting it. He's like, my HVAC, my HVAC. I'm going to have, it's going to be 65% fresh air. And so it's going to be amazing. So, you know, and so he just starts pumping the HVAC in there. And so I'm just like, this is amazing. And, I, and so I said to him, I said, wow, I, I know it's, HVAC is important because I'm a pastor. Now, you got to understand as a pastor, when I say I'm a pastor, things change. <laughs> so he says, you're a pastor? I said, yeah, I'm a pastor. He says, you're a pastor? I said, I'm a pastor. He said, this is amazing. <laughs> I said, what? He said, I, I'm, my closest friend is a pastor. I'm not a Christian, but my closest friend is a pastor. And what time is it? And it was 1.27. He says, we're meeting together at 1.30. And I was like, okay, well, great. Look at that. His pastor friend eventually comes up, and I know him. And his name is Jonathan, and we used to office together at Green Desk when we were in a co-working space, he would be right across from me, and we would go out to lunch from time to time. He had just left the pastorate, and he was just, you know, just kind of living his life. So he walks up, and I'm like, Jonathan, what's up, man? I just met your boy Patrick. He's like, oh, yeah, Patrick. And then Jonathan all of a sudden sudden says, James, you should use this space. And I was like, I looked at him, and he was like, would you want to use this space? And I was like, absolutely. So, so he says, um, he says, well, <laughs> he says, you're a pastor and, and he's a pastor and you're the only pastors I know. We got to make this happen. <laughs> it's a true story. So, so I'm like, okay. So I start looking around. I get my wife and I get Josh. Those are my dream killers. They just come in and just. <laughs> how? How are we going to do it? How? You got you to gotta bring those people in. And they were excited. And so we, 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 we looked at the potential of this space. So we look around, and it, we saw that it, it seats about 200 folks. So it's a big space. We took a picture in there. And um, so it seats about 200 folks upstairs and downstairs. And, and it's got this amazing sound system. And then... We, we started dreaming with him about what it would look like to have like a 1030 location there. And so the guy, Patrick, allowed us to even put up our, in our, our logo uh, in there. On, and they have like this, uh, it's not like a, a, it's not like a board. It's a, it's a big old TV wall. Like it's a state-of-the-art TV wall, right? So it's just this amazing deal, right? And so I was like, okay, well, what would it look like if we had like a, 10.30 service and a 4 o'clock service. And I was like, okay, well, let's sit down. And so we sit down, and then we write up a contract, and we write up a contract, and then we write up the contract, and we wrote up the contract. <laughs> but y'all, I've been around the block now. You know, like, I'm, I'm a pastor scorned. Like, I, I've been through some things. 
the only way I would make an announcement We got another service coming in here. <clears throat> I would like you to I would like to introduce you to the new 1030 location. Of, of Bridge Church, which meets at the Atlantic, the Jazz Club, newly opening up in December. It is also going to be my new office space. Now, with a little bit of time left, here's, here's what I want you to do. When you walk out of here and you go to Sweetwaters, I know there's going to be a part of you that's going to be like, girl, which service you going to? You going to go to the temple? Which one you going to go to? And listen, our church has been carried along by the Holy Spirit and people giving themselves to serve here and to do great things. I love what the elders have been able to do, and I love what our staff is able to do, but our church is built off the back of people giving, serving, and leading. Instead of asking people which service you're going to, ask them which team are you going to join. No, I'm, I'm, I'm serious. So if you want to join the morning team, you will text... You'll text AM for the morning location to 55444 or PM for the evening location 55 to 55444. Now, that is, super, that is vitally important because we have got to be able to have teams of people serving. If you can only serve once a month, that's fine. Just don't just come to church. Be on a team where you can give and you can serve and you can lead. Our capacity to do this will be based upon people giving and serving and leading. So please text that in today. Let us know if you're interested in being in the morning location. We'll begin to do, do preview services in January. February 6th is our launch Sunday. That actually happens to be Super Bowl Sunday. We, we're not doing anything for the Super Bowl in there. They told me the real price. I got, I got like the homeboy hookup price. They told me the real price. We are not doing anything on there on Super Bowl Sunday. <laughs> Our story continues. What we see for the future for Bridge Church is that eventually we see that service multiplying, where we, we will eventually have a 10 o'clock and 11.30 service. We see the evening multiplying and having a 4 p.m. and a 6 p.m. service. We see this as a breeding ground for new leaders to be sent out so that our church would be a hub that we could reach Brooklyn and beyond. 
We want to support new churches throughout the city to see the gospel available to everyone. We do not presume that our church is the only church needed. We sent out two church planners last year, one in Sunset Park, one in downtown Brooklyn. They're doing great work. And they're reaching, they're reaching people that we would never reach. But thirdly, we want to continue to send out new pastors, train and develop them. And doing so, that person can start a church called Restoration Church if they want to. We just want to support, bless, and help churches, send out people to those churches, and help leaders. But fourthly, we believe that it is our task to not only have these two locations, but eventually to have other campuses and locations throughout New York City as we raise up leaders who want to reach the city. And these would be bridge church locations. We see this as a long-term plan because I know one thing, planting a church here without any support and any leadership was one of the hardest things I could ever do. And so we would want for others to be supported and led. Now, here is my ask unto you that you'd be all in, that you'd be here, that you'd be on a team, and that you'd be praying and giving and serving. And here's what I ask that you would not be. In every game, there are actually three teams. There's two opposing teams, and then there's one team wearing black and white. These are called the refs. The one thing about the refs is they're not blocking, they're not tackling, they're not giving, they're not cheering, they're not crying. They're just telling everybody what they're doing wrong. Be very careful about being that person. Instead, be on the team and be in the game. We hope today's message was encouraging for you. We'd also love to hear how God used this message to speak to you. We hear from people all across the country about what God is doing through our podcast, and we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at info at bridgechurchnyc.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Our handle for both of those social media outlets is at bridgechurchnyc. Our website is bridgechurchnyc.com. If you're in the New York City area, we have services at 4 p.m. and 6 p.m. on Sundays at 98 Fifth Avenue in Brooklyn, New York, right next to the Barclay Center. We are praying for you, and we hope to see you soon.